This is Hot Takes on the Gridiron with Big Sean and Seawall. All right, it's time for episode four of Hot Takes on the Gridiron. We are getting into the meat of college football and NFL seasons. I am, I mean, this past weekend was amazing. Obviously, we got the SEC to watch, and overall, just some really exciting football games in the NFL and the college football world. Yeah, man, I think uh, anytime the SEC makes its return, it doesn't matter and when it's the usual return, like that last week of August, or I mean, in this case, it's the, you know, the third week of September, I think everybody's pretty fired up. And, you know, in, in those first games, there's a lot that, you know, there's a lot of question marks, but I think everyone kind of has a better idea of what their teams are going to look like this year. And that's what we're excited to cover in this episode. I think it's the uh, I think it's the CBS uh, theme music on 230 that just really excites <laughs> yeah. everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't love know. That. About, that's that's like the theme song I grew up on too. I feel like I like every Saturday morning I wake up. And I don't know about you, but I, I just feel like I feel like whenever I hear that, I've like I've got to find a couch somewhere with a TV. You know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know about finding a couch. I mean, I get fired when the Gators are. I'm standing you, up. You dude. like walking around, me. don't you? No, I just stand up, bro. I get way too into it. So that's how it goes, though. Yeah. I feel you, man. <laughs> I had to watch the Braves play a 13 inning game today, and I was I was on edge for like the past four, last four innings at least. Yeah, man. Well, hey, it's a good thing this is a football podcast, not a baseball podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, go Braves. We won today. You never know. We might not win many more. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you. I'll let you break down the uh, the episode for us real quick, though. Yeah, guys. So uh, you know, like we we talked about earlier in the season, we're trying to give you guys just a little bit more organizational format, so you know what we're talking about. Uh, so obviously, you know, this season we're starting our segment one with college football. Uh, we're going to give a little quick recap of how great it was this weekend. We're going to kind of talk about Mike Leach and the Bulldogs a little bit, with especially with that shocking win over the uh, LSU Tigers. Uh, and then we're going to have some uh, takeaways uh, from the past weekend, what we thought what really struck us and uh, what we want to talk about. And then uh, some of the games that we're going to be covering in college football this week is going to be Oklahoma at Iowa State. We have Texas A&M at Alabama, and we also have Auburn at Georgia. So I know Sean's really excited to cover that third game in More college damn. football. That's right. And then uh, we have our uh, NFL fantasy uh, segment too. It's our NFL actual segment, but we're going to be covering fantasy. Uh, we're going to be covering last week's matchups. Yeah, and I had stars. a bye week. Yeah, you, oh, yeah sure you did. <laughs> he did not, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, he did not have a bye week. He played me. So <laughs> we'll talk about that, Sean. <laughs> but uh, we have our upcoming matchups, our sit-ems, uh, our stardom sit-ems. Um, and then, you know, Patrick Mahomes, a little discussion on old Patrick Mahomes and the Falcons with Sean. That would be a good one for Sean is the Falcons uh, blowing yet another lead. So that'll be a topic. And then leading into, of course, some games that we have there. We got the Browns, Cowboys, the Patriots, Chiefs, and Atlanta at Green Bay. And then obviously, guys, segment three, we have Diesel coming on again. And he's been a fantastic co-host, don't you think, Sean? Yeah, no, he's really into it, and uh, that's all you can ask out of someone that is just passionate about uh, NFL and college football. So That's right, man. That's right. Football so go ahead and general, get started, actually. baby. Yeah, oh, um, so sure. I'll kick it off. Uh, you know, we mentioned that uh, we're talking about how great of a weekend it was for college football. I kind of assess everything that happened with me, but uh, Thursday night I, I was able to come back into town from school and uh, had the opportunity to go watch the, uh, the Mosley Dolphins play uh, with head coach Jeremy Brown and I tell you what, dude. They've got a lot of talent on the field this year. They, uh, mm-hmm. they. I mean, uh, they pretty much dominated Bay High, and I think everyone really is, like saw that coming. But um, they got a really big game this Friday, and uh, when this episode released, I think I'm actually going to go take take a look at it uh, for the second half. But 
with a uh, college football wise, you know, Saturday I woke up and immediately, you know, Auburn and Florida were both playing. So I had those both games uh, going on and it was just a great start to the day. You know, you got to see Kyle Trask uh, really use Kyle Pitts to, I mean, like an unfair um, advantage uh, almost. I mean, the guy's as fast as any DB on the field, but as big as any um, the blocking size mm-hmm. tight end. But, uh, right. And also you got to see Auburn uh, kick off the season against Kentucky. And uh, overall, you know, I think everyone – that game played out the way people – somewhat people expected. Um, but I'll talk about that a little bit when we go into their analysis this game this week. But overall, mm-hmm. it was a good weekend, man. I uh, got to spend time with some family and uh, watched a, a ton, a ton of football. Oh, for sure. And, and I have a very similar, you know, thing going for me that this past weekend as well. Uh, I wasn't home, but I got to go to Helen, Georgia with some really good guys uh, for Cameron McDonald's bachelor party. We had a really good time and uh, we got to watch some football, you know, bits and pieces, you know, I had to go actually back and do a lot of recaps and a lot of rewatching um, because, uh, you know, when you're in Helen, Georgia in the mountains, the, the, the cell reception is not the greatest. So uh, it was pretty tough, but luckily I got to watch a lot of football with the guys and that was really good you know anytime uh like we said earlier you know sec comes back uh that's our good southern football we love to watch that right and that's where a lot of our teams come from uh you know some of the you know and really truthfully and even the nfl this week the nfl was fantastic a lot of good games going on um and you know i'll be frank with you i was driving home sunday from helen so i didn't get to watch a whole lot and i hate to say it but i definitely did have my fantasy notifications going off and we'll we'll go into that a little bit later with sean but but I had, I a, I had a pretty I had a good week. week. Oh, yeah. That's what Sean wants to tell you guys that he had a bye week. But let's just say in all three of my paid leagues, uh, I went 3-0 this week. So all the leagues I have money in, I did very well. Um, I will say I, the one league I actually care about a lot is my girlfriend's uh, family league. And I actually lost uh, this week in that league to uh, Ali's dad, which made me very upset. But uh, besides that, man, it was a really good week of football. So you can't you can't help but to love it. You know what I mean? So. I know Dennis has got to show who the uh, who the man of the man of the whole relationship's got to be. <laughs> well, he did it. Yeah, he can't be, he can't be having his daughter's boyfriend, you know, waxing him in fantasy. That's just a bad look. <laughs> well, he, he I was number one in the league, and he was number. I, he had to be either ten or eleven, I think, because he had he had had a hot hot start, and uh, he 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 beat me this week, man. When Chris McCaffrey went down. That really hurt me. So well, you know, every time that you uh, you enter his home now, he's gonna immediately think, "Wow, I waxed that kid's ass in fantasy <laughs> oh. football." Well, he's going to have it one over on me, but we'll see he makes the playoffs. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we can now talk about uh, what was pretty interesting with the uh, the 230 slot on uh, uh, this past Saturday. Mike Leach makes his uh, debut with the Mississippi State Bulldogs as almost 18-point uh, underdogs, I believe, last week mm-hmm. whenever we looked yeah. at it, but uh, against the defending champs at LSU. Um, the air raid offense uh, took a lot of people by surprise. Um, mm-hmm. J, uh, KJ Costello threw for over 600 yards. Yes, sir. 600 yards in a single game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's incredible, number one. Um, a, granted, this was a very, very, very young LSU football team. And, mm-hmm. you know, l- losing 17 starters last year and your Heisman quarterback, I mean, they end up losing the game by 10 points. And uh, Miles Brennan, obviously, it does, isn't as talented as Joe Burrow, but. Uh, we're back on this Mike Leach thing is people were questioning whether his offense, you know, could come in against these uh, SEC defenses and put up the same numbers. Uh, week one, yep. I guess he can put a check mark by that. And, uh, 
yeah, ultimately, sure um, he's got uh, he's got some bigger tests ahead of him. You know, he's in the SEC West, so um, I'm looking forward to watching this whole Mike Leach thing uh, move on. He's obviously a fun character and everything, but you know, my biggest takeaway from uh, this was uh, Kylan Hill. You know, Kylan Hill, whenever he Mike Leach got hired, he got real, real like questionable about you know how involved am I going to be within this offense? Mm-hmm. You know, I like running the football and everything, and you know. Mike Leach just used a great point, pointed out to him. He says, "Son, what uh, if you take a look at the NFL right now? What's uh, oh, yeah. what are, what are they looking for in a good back? Oh, Someone yeah. who can come out the backfield and catch the football." So uh, we saw Kylan receive that uh, that touchdown on Saturday for about seventy five yards. So uh, yeah, worked out pretty well, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. What do you think? What do you think about what you saw? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, first off, I think Mike Leach, uh, Mike Leach's Twitter page is the best thing ever. Uh, first off, I mean, it's the fun. He's the one, the definitely the funniest coaches in college football, if not even in the NFL. You know, the coaches all in football. He's hilarious, and you know, I think the kids really rally around a guy like that because he's fun and he he loves the game. And you know, if I'm a, no. If I'm a player, I want to play for a guy like that, right? And, uh, you know, I think uh, his offense is very interesting. And for a guy like KJ Costello, it's going to be really good for him because he likes to throw the ball, right? You see that, you know, in the first game especially, throwing for 600 yards is incredible because, you know, sometimes in, in a traditional format, right, you want to get those games to kind of warm up your players, get that game time feel, that experience that they need to kind of get that, you know, elevation to their gameplay uh, happen for them earlier in the season to where when they get, mid, you know, to the middle of the season, like when Mississippi State will face, you know, the Auburns and the Georgias, the, you know, all the other SEC West opponents, they'll be ready for that. But what's crazy is the kid comes out and throws for 600 yards, right? So that makes Mike Leach look like a genius, and it also makes that offense look really explosive. And I love that you brought up Hill because it was one thing I was thinking of this weekend as well, is if you do think about the traditional NFL quarterback now, uh, you got to be able to catch the ball as well as run the ball. And it's only going to give Hill that much more experience catching that ball to where when he gets uh, to the next level, because we can all, it's safe to say that he will be at the next level, right? He's a very good running back, if not one of the best in the SEC. Uh, he, he'll be at the next level and he'll be able to implement that game uh, play into his game when he gets to that NFL team. Uh, but I think Leach is going to have a lot of success, uh, success but the only thing uh, that worries me is he is in the SEC West. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of good teams. And, hey, good for them. They already got past the Tigers, right? So LSU is usually one of the tougher opponents. Uh, and they are young. They lost a lot of coach, uh, a lot of their coaches. Uh, and Jamar Chase opting, opting out early didn't help either. Um, and they're still a good football team. But with all that young talent, they will continue to grow. Uh, so this is still a great first win for Mississippi State, especially how they turned over the ball. Uh, that's one. That's the only thing I will say that they need to be more uh, focused on is making sure they can protect that ball for the future. Because if you turn over the ball like that against an Alabama or an Auburn or Georgia, you're you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. So, uh, but overall, man, I think Leach is going to have a lot of uh, success in the SEC. Uh, and it, it maybe granted two years, and then it's going to decide on how defenses can. Uh, pretty much adjust to what he's throwing at him. So we'll see how it goes. But I like the guy a lot. I think he's going to do very well. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to the uh, the Egg Bowl matchup this year with him and Lane Kiffin. That's going to be pretty interesting. But, uh, oh, for sure. The uh, Now we can talk about some uh, takeaways. And honestly, I've just got a couple to, to mention from this past weekend. And honestly, I just – I thought, man, there was, there was some serious upsets going on. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you had Kansas State rally back from t- down 21 – to come back and beat the Oklahoma Sooners, putting a loss on their 
putting a loss on their record. And mm-hmm. ultimately, if you get a loss in a Big 12, especially in these kind of circumstances, I mean, it's hard to fight your way back in mm-hmm. to sure be is. considered in that top four unless they expand the playoff this year. But you had uh, you had Kansas State come back and upset, and then you had Mississippi State come back, and then almost, you know, Vanderbilt uh, almost came right. back and – you know, tried to make uh, – you know, they lost by five points, I believe, but they came out yep. and played pretty well against Texas A&M. Now, granted, I don't know how much Texas A&M showed and was willing to really put out there, you know, with Alabama on the schedule the following week. But, I mean, ultimately, I just – I mean, these uh, these teams that were not very looked down, looked high up, high upon, right. they uh, – I think they made a – they didn't make a – they didn't make themselves a name, but they kind of like, you know, everyone kind of looked up and – Notice them for a chance. Right. And, and, you know, it all goes back to this is already a bizarre season of college football. Uh, this is that COVID effect. And, and really, and truthfully, uh, I if you told me that A&M would only have won by that slim margin against Vandy uh, before we record this episode, before they played on Saturday, I told you you're crazy because – you know, I'll be honest. I, I kind of I was embarrassed a little bit because I had a lot of faith in AM, uh, You know, Jimbo getting them. You know, going finally because like Sean noted the last episode, they're always saying, "Oh, this is our year. This is our year." And then they struggled. And then you see, you know, the the godsend Spencer Rattler comes in, taking over an Oklahoma offense that has had fantastic quarterbacks ahead of him, and he had all this praise going in. And don't get me wrong, he didn't play horrible, uh, but in, the, in his passing, it was terrific, in my opinion, against the Wildcats. But um, you know, when it comes to him being able to run the ball effectively, like the Kyler Murrays and the Jalen Hurts, he just he just doesn't quite have that. And uh, you know, I think, like you said, for a Big Twelve loss this early, they're already one and one now in the season. It's going to be really tough for Oklahoma to kind of climb their way back and make another college football playoff appearance, unless they do extend it. But um, you know, one of my biggest takeaways too that I want to note for a lot of those listening is if you are, you know, a fan of the Sooners or you are a Bulldogs fan, a Georgia Bulldog fan, uh, even a Mississippi State Bulldog fan, a Gator fan, a Tiger, whoever you are, it doesn't matter who you are, um, you know, while it's good, it's great to be happy with how your team looked in week one or how bad your team looked, you can be very unhappy. Uh, this is still week one for a lot of teams, and this is their first game in a year. Uh, there's still a lot of football to be played left this season. So, you know, it's great to, you know, when you come out, your team comes out strong, and it, it gives you kind of a good feel of what they're going to look like the rest of the year. Um, I'll, I promise you the coaches are getting back in the film rooms, and they're looking at what they need to improve on, what they need to get better on. And th- these teams only will improve as the year goes on, especially, you know, uh, at this level, right? It's different maybe in high school, but when it comes to college and NFL, they're always trying to improve. So um, if you're if you're that LSU fan listening, don't hang your head quite yet. There's still a lot of football to be played yet, uh, you know, up to, until this point. So you you have all the room to be happy and, uh, and you know, we'll see what happens. No, so. you can hang your head. Uh, you're going mean, to you hang your head you're a gonna little lose, bit. You're going to lose three to four football gear. But um, – if you're an LSU fan, but um, anyways, <laughs> I don't know. Let's, let's talk, listen, let's talk, yeah, let's, the Tigers, you're not going to lose that many. I don't think you will, so we'll be fine. Let's talk some ball, okay? I'll let you go ahead and uh, go off the the first game for the uh, Oklahoma Iowa State. You know, what? Tell us a little bit about the teams. Yeah, yeah. So you know, now we just actually got done talking about Oklahoma. I talked about them a little bit with Spencer Rattler, but. So we got, you know, Iowa State and Oklahoma. Iowa State's a team who, you know, we saw earlier in the season uh, against Louisiana Lafayette. You know, they struggled. They had all this praise going into the season as well, just like Oklahoma now. And now both of these teams are kind of finding themselves in the same position. Uh, so it's going to be a really interesting game. I really do think so. But 
Uh, if I'm gonna be honest, uh, you know, we're not doing picks now, but you know, if Oklahoma can finally get their running game going, which I'll be honest, you know, Rattler did have a great passing game last week against Kansas State, but that run game is non-existent in my opinion. Uh, you know, when you're up 35-14 and then you fall apart and lose, uh, it's just it's bad, and you can't collapse like that, right? So. Um, you know, I think uh, if they can get the running game going a little bit, making sure they don't have that turnover margin uh, being a killer for them again. And I'm pretty sure I have a stat here that they had 10 penalties uh, that I wrote down. And uh, penalties, as we all know, that can be really, really uh, those drive lose killers. And they're going to lose you games. And honestly, all that is is a little bit of discipline, right? So if Oklahoma can tidy up those things, uh, I think they should have a lot of success in this game. I do think what Iowa State needs to look at uh, after that Louisiana loss, you need to make sure your offense is still having that momentum and it's balanced and effective enough um, to you know put some dents in Oklahoma's defense um, and get the ball to Brees Hall. Man, Brees Hall and Brock Purdy, they they have weapons. You just got to make sure that these guys are playing at the level they're supposed to be playing to and getting their playmakers the ball. So even though both these teams are off to a shaky start, uh, there's a lot of good talent in both these teams, and it's going to be a good game to watch. Yeah, no, I'm excited to watch this one. You have Rattler, you know, coming off um, pretty pretty weird game for him. You know, he threw a three interceptions. He's a young player. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I like seeing how uh, the players and the, the young – I mean, kids our age. I say young kids, but the kids are our age. But uh, how they show up the, the next game. I think a lot of these young players show up with a fire a little bit under – like a fire under their belt. And, you know, they just want to come out and win, 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 you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to Brock Purdy too. I mean, Brock Purdy struggled in that game against Lafayette. And ultimately, I think this is going to come down to, you know, Oklahoma being able to move the ball up and down the field and Iowa State's uh, inability to be able to stop them. Now, if they were able to stop them a couple drives at a time in each half, that allows the Iowa State offense to come on the field with Brock Purdy, a veteran, and try to make some noise and try to make this a game. But uh, that's just that's just what I think about the game, honestly. And uh, yeah. so with that being said, the second game, is going to be with the uh, Texas A&M Aggies traveling to Bryant-Denny Stadium against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And personally, with me, um, I did not like what the Aggies uh, showed and looked like uh, against Vanderbilt. Like, granted, you know, you never know. But, I mean, no matter what game plan you have, if you're at A&M and you have Kellen Mond and one of the premier coaches in college football, I mean, you got to win that football game mm-hmm. by two touchdowns at least. Um, right. And then on the other side, you know, Alabama didn't even – I mean, Alabama was up 25 at half against Missouri – and 28-3, and then called the dogs off. Nick Saban called the dogs off and put in Bryce Young <laughs> yeah. and actually led uh, one of those kids, uh, Trey Sanders, you know, from St. Joe. He went yep. down to IMG. He, he got some really good touches. And, uh, Hometown kid, baby. Ultimately, you know, this game's going to come down to, you know, who's going to be more disciplined, you know, who's, who's not going to, you know, make that 15-yard penalty that's going to cost someone a drive, give someone a first down, and whatever team – a&M more than likely needs to be that team in order to win this game, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see – I think you're going to see Alabama starters play a little bit more than a half of football this week, though. Yeah, you know, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, very disappointed with A&M's performance in the first week. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about, my biggest takeaways. You know, if you're an A&M fan, you know, you still won the game, so there's nothing to hold your head about. You still got a very big game coming this week, and you can still do very well against a really good Alabama team, but you have to play your best game when you are going up against the Crimson Tide. We all know that. It doesn't matter what team you are. 
Um, and you know, I, you know, it's safe to say that they did get their first game out of the way. A and M did. Um, this is going to really rely for you know for A and M success. It's going to rely on Mond. You know, Mond's a guy who's he's been in the system for so long now at A and M. He's got a guy like Jimbo in his corner, and he can get the ball to playmakers, and he can make plays himself. However, there's just things that I feel like he's just he's missing. You can't turn the ball three times. You can't have the the first down penalties, the misfires. You got to clean that up. And the timing just seemed off when you watch them. A lot of the a lot of their plays is almost like the receivers weren't they weren't communicating. You know what the routes they were wanting Could to be do. First game confused. jitters. Exactly, and it's the first game of the season. That's what goes into. There's so much football to be played, right? But uh, you have to have those kind of things down pat when you want to be in Alabama, right? And if you don't, you're going to get absolutely beaten in. I mean, that's just the that's just the easy way to saying it, right? But for Alabama, for their, you know, what they need to focus on, they need to start very fast, control the momentum early, be balanced, and get on top really quick. And let, you know, Saban's thinking, okay, well, we can get on top on AM real quick. Let's put in our, our younger guys to get them that experience again. Uh, I think Mike Jones looked fantastic, uh, you know, last week, hitting 18 of, you know, 24 of those passes, 249 yards. Najee Harris, of course, looking great already. And, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of the positives there for Alabama. They have a good, uh, you know, they've already had a good track record in the past, and it's looking like it's going to be a very good year for them again as well. Uh, I think the offensive line, though, just needs to improve a little bit more. I think the offensive line was decent uh, for Alabama, but I think they could be a lot better, and that's what that game time experience is Yeah, their running, game, running game didn't really impress me. Normally that's – I think 98 uh, yards total, right, for Najee? Yeah. I mean, I don't – The running really game was not down. impressive at uh, at all um I, that kind of worries me for you know for future big games and you know right they have extreme talent at wide receiver and i understand that but sometimes you're going to run against the secondary a secondary in this league you know that i'm not saying that these wide receivers aren't capable of winning matchups but they're not going to win the matchups like they do almost did almost every time against mizzou but uh, you got to be able to run the ball, and that's been Alabama's forte for a, a, like at least since Saban's been there. And you know, I'm just I'm just a little. I mean, I got to see some more out of the the Alabama running game. Yeah, and I think you know, real quick, I know we're you know we're trying to get through this, but I will say I think A and M will come out a lot stronger than they looked last week. And I think Alabama will also come out looking a little bit better in the running game as well. So those will be some interesting things to kind of note on. All right. Well, now you know we get to talk about everyone's favorite team, the uh, the Auburn Tigers. Um, I, I kind of just want to explain how you know they looked uh, this past week. They're they're traveling to uh, <laughs> Georgia this week, and um, ultimately, have you seen have you seen the Gus Malzahn uh, Kirby Smart little jabs this week? No, no. Please explain. It's I'm not sure really jabs. It's has. not really jabs. But I think it, it was more. It was <laughs> Gus Malzahn, you know, said. Going into this game, being interviewed, you know, he was like, "Oh yeah, Georgia has the has the best talent in the SEC. We're looking forward to going." Like, like you know, as far as players, you know, they've had the number one ranking the past three years. Like, he's just giving credit where credit's due. And right. Kirby got real defensive, and was like, "Yeah, that's just co- that's just coaches talk." And you know, um, you know, yeah, that, he's just saying that. Just like <laughs> next week, just like next week, he's gonna say whoever they're playing has the best talent in the SEC, wherever. So um, since he's saying that, I guess I'm gonna I, I guess I'm gonna say Auburn has the best talent in the SEC. <laughs> yeah. It was just throwing like little small, s- subtle remarks at each other. That's what makes it fun, though, man. Let's yeah. throw some jazz yeah, at each other, yeah, make fun. it more competitive. But I want to talk. Uh, we only got like, we only got a couple a minute or two, but um, I want to talk about Bo Nix a little bit. I talk about uh, I think 
I think he uh, definitely took a stride in his game as far as uh, his ability throwing the ball downfield. Um, mm. As you noted, we've talked before, but that that pass to Eli Stove that he ran a uh, mm-hmm. an out and up um, on the sideline. You know that was a really good ball, and ultimately uh, having Seth Williams is is going to elevate Bo Nix's game. And to me, you know the offensive offensive defensive line is what's going to lose Auburn football games this year, being so young on each side. So. Uh, I'll talk about that, but then on the Georgia side, you know, um, you have Stetson Bennett come in in the second half uh, for them. You know, their offense was dead, shot. I mean, they couldn't move the ball at all against Arkansas, and he came in, you know, provided a little bit of a spark, and ultimately the the dogs came out and handled business in the second half handily, and, uh, you know, the defense obviously was pretty good holding uh, Arkansas to 10 points, but, you know, that's not – you can't – you can't really assess that completely – but, uh, you know, JT Daniels did get cleared to play um, this week. So, I don't know mm-hmm. who they've named as the starting quarterback. My guess is it's probably going to be Stetson Bennett again. But uh, you never know. Yeah, I think, you know, and if anybody who watched that Georgia game, you know, I was actually, myself, I was really excited to see, you know, the young quarterback come in there, right, Dewan Mathis. I was like, man, how's he going to do this week? Is he going to struggle? Is he going to be very, very solid? And to be nice about it, man, he struggled against Arkansas bad. And Stetson Bennett comes in and throws in, you know, two touchdowns, 211 yards. I mean, he looked really good as, you know, as a kid. Who, you know, he's been in the system for a while, but, uh, you know, hasn't played. And so, you know, when JT Daniels, you know, like Sean just said, he's medically cleared now. Uh, that'll be very interesting to, into Georgia's, you know, quarterback mix. You know, who's going to come out and play? I would be, I would say, the safe bet will be Stetson Bennett this week. Um, but man, I, I, to go back to Auburn, you know, I, I will say I agree with the Bo Nix take for once. I, I'm a guy who has not been very, uh, you know, I guess convinced about Bo Nix at this point. But when I watched that throw. Uh, not the Seth Williams though, because let me tell you, Seth Williams is probably the best college receiver this year, in my opinion. He's fantastic. Uh, but when I watched that throw that he threw to, uh, through to Stove, Eli Stove, I mean, he put that right on the money uh, on that route, and that was the only place he could have put that ball. And that was probably his best throw of his career, in my opinion. After all I watched of him last season up into this season, that was probably his best play, in my opinion. And, uh, you know... I think uh, Georgia has a lot of weapons. Obviously, Anthony Schwartz got, uh, you know, Sean wrote him off last week. I told him, man, Schwartz is going to come out and he's going to do well. Uh, and, you know, he you, three you balls for 40 yards. And, but hey, man, I, I watched one of them for that that quick burst, man. He took it downfield for, a pre- I'm pretty sure he scored on that, didn't he? Or he got yeah, to the down, one. He's one down of those- to the one. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a money play, and that led y'all to a, a touchdown, but that's another story. But. Uh, I think, you know, for Georgia, you got to get your offense going. You know, Auburn's going to have a good defense. You already know that. I think the Georgia secondary is very good, and no offense, but they were playing Arkansas and Felipe Franks, who, as we know, has struggled uh, already in the passing game for his, you know, the previous team he was on and now. Um, I think what's going to happen here in this game, I'm not going to make any my pick now, but I think. I think it's going to come out very slow. I think both you know, both offenses will struggle a little bit. It'll be a defensive game. I think it's going to be a close game up until the end. Um, it's going to be who can capitalize on the other team's mistakes more, uh, who who turns over the ball more, and who can carry the momentum into the fourth quarter to me. That's how this game's going to be decided. So, I agree. Well, that's going to be segment one. We're going to head into uh, NFL and fantasy. All right, guys, let's do it.
Time for segment two, NFL fantasy. And like I said earlier, I had a bye week this past week. <laughs> he um, is I was lying. able to I was able to watch all of everyone else's teams put up points and you know, just en- enjoy their weekends and you know, I had the luxury of just sitting out because yeah, I had I no chance. I, I, I had no chance of winning my matchup. I don't think I recall anybody ever having a bye week uh, in the third week of NFL football in fantasy, guys. Well, you know, it's a bye week whenever you don't have a chance to win by 3 o'clock <laughs> on Sunday. It's because you're playing this guy's team, that's why. Yeah, well, everyone gets lucky every once in a while. Uh, blind, okay. blind squirrel finds a nut. Okay, okay. Well, all I know is if it's if luck is being, uh, you know, 2-1 and one, uh, and I have almost the most points against me in the league and I'm still 2-1, then you don't I have the guess most that's point. You don't have the most points against you. I almost do. I'm no, almost certain third. I do. You're in third. Oh, I'm in third of an eight-team league, so that's but still pretty anyways. high. Anyways. Well, go ahead, go ahead, give your spiel. I know you want to give it, so just go ahead. What happened? Yeah, yeah. So me and Sean play each other this week. That's why he's claiming a bye week. And uh, Team Sea Willy Baby put down OJ Stab Squad <laughs> this week uh, with a score of two ten. Yes, you heard that right. My name is OJ's Stab Squad. <laughs> that is Sean's fancy. He's name. an innocent man. Anyone who wants to talk to me on that, um, in the eye of the law, and you know we. <laughs> We we do go by law and order, and oh, uh, I'm just saying in this the eyes of the, the law, debate. he is. You know, I didn't say anything about the president's debate. I said we, according to the eyes of the law, O.J. Simpson is an innocent man. <laughs> okay, well, I will say I did lay down law and order on Sean this week. I beat him by a significant margin. <laughs> uh, I will say uh, my probably I would say probably my best winner this week. Would have to be Tyler Lockett and Austin Eckler. They did very well for me this week. Uh, and what's crazy is I really didn't expect Eckler to do as well as he did uh, with Josh Kelly kind of you know taking a lot of carries from him. But uh, Kelly kind of struggled for the Chargers this week. He fumbled the ball early on, and I think they penalized him and he suffered because of it. But regardless, he did very well. Best waiver pickup I could have ever had uh, was Lazard at the very end. Right, I'm sitting there monitoring. You know, I dropped Adams. him like literally the day before you picked him up. Oh, I know, I know. And I, I traded him out for. There. I traded him out for Valdez Scantling. Scantling. Yeah, you picked up the wrong one, my friend, because Scantling. What did Scantling have? Like one reception? Yeah, I didn't do that good, but I didn't yeah, start him. Oh, yeah, so it didn't even matter. But yeah, I picked up Lazard at the like literally 30 minutes before kickoff, and obviously Lazard did very well, 26 points uh, in Devonte Adams' absence. Um, I will say another big winner, the Colts defense. For anybody who had the Colts defense this week, they put up 26 points for me in this league. And I know uh, I played Ali's Dag in the, uh, in the league I talked about earlier in one of my free leagues on the NFL app. And I had he had the Colts defense, and they absolutely obliterated me in that league. So that was a big winner for me. Um, I'll be honest, Sean didn't do really that bad. I mean, he's still, anytime you're putting up 140, 150 points, you're putting yourself up for uh, a successful week, right? But uh, like he said, I put up 210 points this week in this league, and uh, there's not much you can do there uh, in that regard. So, um, you know, I, I will say, uh, sorry, Sean, uh, you can hold this L. Uh, I'm so happy I won and I'm not on the other end of this. Uh, but uh, I know I was not very excited about this team I drafted, and starting out 2-1, and one, doing very well, I'm feeling pretty good right now, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Well, it's okay, you know. I mean, this league is just for fun. Um, oh, no, it's know. not. I'm trying to win some money. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't get sent any money from anybody. I don't. I don't know what oh, you, you guys are talking about. Oh, you haven't money anybody? Well, yeah. I can I can Venmo you that money, especially after I beat you. I can do that for you if you need me to. Oh, so you want you haven't Venmo me yet? 
I have been Moji. I'm almost certain I've been Moji. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, it's a free <laughs> league. So, uh, anyways, well. but yeah, obviously this week fantasy was not uh, not that great. Um, I did you know DeAndre Hopkins scored 23 for me. He was my highest score. Him and uh, him and Kyler Murray are really just staying consistent. Kyler Murray had a, had a very rough week, but still put up managed to put up 22 points, which is, I mean. I mean, quarterback does that. You can't get extremely mad at them. So, right, um, right. But overall, you know, this upcoming week, though, I do play Big Mike. And, you know, I'm looking forward to that matchup. The Maddox and, matchup, man. Yes. And, uh, you know, we call him Rage Mike. He just uh, – <laughs> Mike Mike is a person who believes everything should have to should go his way. And <laughs> That is true. That's the sad truth because my dad says it best, that we have the Maddox luck. And just like I said, you know, last week, two weeks ago in fantasy, I had Kamara and Russell Wilson put up 70 points to beat me, and it's just unreal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, But you know what? People who have bad luck overcome great things, and this week I'm going to beat my brother in fantasy football. So I'm there you go. You heard that. it here. <laughs> you heard it here, man. I do have, I I do have some – I'll go ahead and go to this, but uh, we have like – we're going to do like a little stardom and sit em, uh, little segment real quick, and uh, yeah. I'll just name my two guys real quick. Um. My bench guy is going to be uh, Leonard Fournette. I think yeah. he needs to. I think he needs to. He he, he needs to get sat this week. Uh, Ronald Jones is still getting. You know, Leonard Fournette had that breakout game two weeks ago, and but him and Ronald Jones are still sharing enough touches to where one of them really can't get going mm-hmm. the entire game. But uh, the starting uh, stardom on the, my roster, which uh, I do have him on my roster for this league, is James Robinson, the running back out of Jacksonville. Uh, he's put up two really good, strong weeks of uh, numbers, um, getting really good volume of touches and receptions out of the backfield. So I would be very satisfied if he put anything up between the range of 15 and 20 points, and I'll be very, very satisfied. Oh, for sure. I, I agree as well. I mean, this is, you know, obviously with fantasy, it's really tough, especially with the stardom Sinem. You see guys do segments on this on other, you know, other uh, podcast and on ESPN Fantasy News, right? And it's tough because we we really never know, but you can get a very good idea of who's going to do well and who's not, depending on you know what that team looks like, who they're playing. Uh, for me personally, uh, my stardom of the week, uh, and I think it's going to be a good one. I think Tyree Kill against New England's secondary. I know that sounds crazy, but New England this season, their secondary, they've given up a lot of fantasy points to receivers so far. Tyree uh, Kill is a starter every week. Oh, I know, I know, but what you know, are you they're, doing? But but here's but here's why I say this. Here's why I say this. My stardom for it's like, hey, be- Patrick Mahomes, starter this week. Start him. <laughs> okay, do it. Okay, you I'm got telling me. You do you it. Got it's me. gonna be a you good, deep, maybe, good job. Maybe maybe Tyreek wasn't the, the that was. But here, but this is why I say it though, right? Is because he's let me down before. If you if you watched him in week two against the Chargers, he got maybe 15 of his points in the last what, five minutes of the game, Tyreek has is kind of struggled. Even week one, you saw Sammy Watkins take the majority of the of the receptions from Tyreek. So he hasn't been the greatest starting receiver this season so far, at least in my opinion. Call me crazy. Uh, and obviously he is a starter every week. But the reason I have him there is because I think he's the safest start uh, of the weeks he's played so far because uh, New England has given up a lot of points this season to fantasy uh, receivers, and I think that trend could continue this week. I'll be honest, my sit this Who week. Who are you sitting? Robert Woods, man. I'm sitting Robert Woods Woods this week, man. I don't know what it is. 
Uh, he had a good week last week. Uh, but in the first two weeks, it's like it, it was the same thing I just talked about. He doesn't do very well at, gradually until the very end, and he kind of bails himself out the end, and I'm sitting there sweating the whole time. And the Giants, they're not, you know, obviously their secondary isn't the greatest, but um, I think he, he's going to struggle. I think Cooper Cup will probably have a better week this week. Uh, I look to see Van Jefferson do a little bit better for the Rams. He's seeing an uptick in snaps, and I think he'll get a lot of uh, targets uh, more this week. And because of that, I think Robert Woods is going to suffer. So I'm sitting Woods maybe this week, man. I don't know. We'll see. That That's going to be a game time kind of Sunday deal for me, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, Van Jefferson, you know, I mean, he should be prepared. He's had an NFL quarterback thrown to him last year, right? Uh, well, <laughs> I will say, he, not, maybe not necessarily an NFL quarterback, though, 15, but he definitely 15-year NFL quarterback, apparently. That's uh, what, that's what, he's uh, referring to Kyle Trask. Or Florida doesn't fan base know, is saying that. He is full of crap. We don't know anything that's about Trask. That's what they said, the you know. Well, I don't know who you know, they Florida are. Florida also is having a hard time selling out 17,000 tickets for this weekend. Well, all I know is they're is giving 4,000 4, tickets away. How is that possible? Hey, man, you got to give everybody a chance to see some football, man. I'm okay with that. I'm no, fine with that. I, I, I am condemning the Florida fan base right now <laughs> for not showing up for your football team. How do you I not show up? Really, how do you Sean not show up? 17,000 seats, and it's not going to be. How do you, I'm baffled by that. <laughs> I think I mean, Sean I really wants to have his sit him as the Florida Gators fan base because let's be honest, over the course of this podcast, Sean absolutely can't stand the Florida fan base, and we're seeing that trend continue right now. So um, that, I think you should really adjust your sit him to the Florida fan base, Sean. I think that's what you should okay, do. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. And you know what? Because they say stuff like this. They say <laughs> stuff like this. They go, oh, man, if Kyle Trask had – if he went to college with Randy Moss and oh, – I mean, uh, Obel Beckham Jr., oh, my God, he won the Heisman. I mean, oh they just God. bring up scenarios like that that are so irrelevant to We have to a passionate point. fan base. The Florida fan base is very passionate, like other college football fan bases. Yes, we. there are bizarre things oh, that are said. If Will Greer would have had Dan Mullen, oh, my God. God, oh, there's no God. telling. Okay, who has said that? I would love – please, you probably pulled that out it's of your ass. I would love to know who said Twitter, that. Florida Twitter. It's all over there. Uh, but anyways, man. we can move I'm, on. I'm that on Florida Twitter, rant. and I, mean, I have not seen that. So that is my rant. Talking. I mean, I can I can definitely send it to you when we get done. But, <laughs> please um, do. Um, anyways, uh, we're going to talk about uh, who the real – a really, really unfair quarterback is, and that's going to be Patrick Mahomes, you know. I mean, the media spends uh, every uh, living second blowing him, but um, I mean, I think I think it's our turn to do it on this podcast. So, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes uh, is a real talent. I mean, I mean, it's 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 unmatched what he can do as far as mobility wise. He's not the best mobile guy, but he does good enough to where you know he can scramble and make himself room in the pocket, and then his arm is just. I mean, you know how hard it is to throw an underhand pass to a tight end that's four yards away from you. I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's some difficult that's stuff difficult, there. Man. That's some difficult <laughs> stuff. But anyways, I'm just joking on him. I do like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a special talent, and defenses are going to struggle with him for years to come. Yeah, you know, I think I've heard this story over and over again about his, you know, his past season and that year for him, right? So he goes. He goes in the season. He has a great regular season with the Chiefs. They win the Super Bowl, right? So he gets that ring, and then he ends up getting engaged to his fiance now. And that, I think I've heard it at least multiple times. You know what, man? Props to that guy. He, I mean, and I even left out the best part. He signed a freaking humongous, humongous contract deal. So uh, I'd safe to say that his wife will be set for life, regardless of he's, what uh, happens. He's got in a kid coming too. 
Oh yeah, the kid. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the and the babies and baby Mahomes I mean, coming the out of the booze ball. Usually the prime, usually the prime of a guy's career comes like what, like maybe what is he in his third or fourth season right now? I don't even know what season yeah, he's in to be honest with you. It's supposed to come like a little bit later. You kind of get those first couple years under your belt, get that experience, and then you really blossom later. I guess he's really just peaking right now, and then we're gonna see the downhill curve come soon because I mean this is crazy. I mean what? I mean I think God just touches this guy every week and says, "Hey, here you go, Pat. Here you go, man." We're gonna give you something else that's great this week, man, because you're just awesome. I mean, he just touches him every week. It's you know, crazy. he's just got great support. I mean, you know, his brother Jackson. You know, he's always at his game celebrating. So, well, well then there you go. I mean, hey, all I know, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even, I don't even want to act nothing. like I know what that means. It means he has great family support. Well, and that's where it all starts. But I'll be honest, he already has. Let's see, he already has a Super Bowl MVP to his name. Uh, one of his best games as a pro was last week, in my opinion, when he complete 31 of 42 passes for 385 yards, four touchdowns, four different targets. That's incredible, right? Uh, especially against the Ravens. Um, so, you know, obviously we, everyone was a little shaky after that. You know, the Los Angeles Chargers game, they kind of struggled against the Bullets, and we're like, oh, well, what, the, what are the Chiefs going to do this year? Uh, then they come out and look really strong against the Ravens. So, uh, Patty, man, he, he's a stud. Uh, is he unfair? You know, Sean titles this, is Patrick Mahomes unfair? You know what? I do think the guy's human. I really do. I think if you put just, you know, if that offensive line doesn't block for him, he, he doesn't have all the time in the world to throw. He is going to be like a lot of other quarterbacks, but he's also very talented as well. I can't take that away. You, you No one can take that away from the guy, right? But, um, yeah. But anyways, well, I think I mean, he's great. We did our due diligence, you know, as doing a sports football podcast. <laughs> Everyone else has blown him for the past two years. It was our turn. It's over now. We don't have to do it again. But um, I don't know. I think Sean Sean does it a lot off the off the record. I think Sean <laughs> loves to talk about Patrick Mahomes. So you know what? This won't be the last time I hear it, guys. But this will be the last time maybe you'll hear it on this podcast. All right. Now um, this next point. You know, this next point was mainly just for me, just to really get something out. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look into the camera like I'm talking. Close to your the, ears. I'm gonna Close look into ears, the camera. <laughs> no, I'm gonna look into the camera like I'm talking to the American people. Oh gosh. All right. The Falcons. Blew yet another lead. Up 20 against the Cowboys. Forget that. Don't know how to recover an onside kick. You know, I wanted Dan Quinn fired, you know, that on, on the spot that game. And then the next week they show up and they get up and they're up 16 with, I believe, four, maybe five, six minutes to go in the fourth. Yep, we lost that football yeah. game, folks. And Colton, I, got, I want to ask you one question. I want you to ask yes, me. ask me. Ask well, me. I want you to ask me. Sean, what would you do to Dan Quinn? Sean, if you were in a room with Dan Quinn and there's a plate of chicken wings on the table, what would you do to him with those chicken wings? You're fired. <laughs> Very simple. Fire Very wings. Simple. Fired. F-I-R-E-D. You wouldn't, you wouldn't slap him with a chicken wing or eat the chicken no. wing? I was just trying it, to throw a little. I'm sorry. I don't allow bums in my organization. Oh, I mean, yikes. the guy's got to Good go. Good luck getting it's, in that box. It's got he, the guy's got to go. It's it's downright embarrassing almost. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that you know everything just falls on him, but guess what? Guess what everyone looks to when after the end of the game? Guess who answers questions at the end of the game? The and head tired, football we're, coach. We're tired of seeing. I'm tired of hearing this. You know, he says his favorite line. Yeah, I'm pretty pissed right now. <laughs> yeah, you, I'm pretty yeah, upset right yeah, now at this I'm, loss. I'm glad. I'm glad you're pissed, coach. Guess I love what? to lose. Guess what? You have your fans. Turning off football games in the fourth quarter because they know what's going to happen. So, yeah. ultimately, that's just my spiel. i just very upset at the Falcons' ownership right now. Arthur Blank, you know, I think 
you know, Dan Quinn's a player's coach, and the players love to play for him, but they're got, you got, there's a point in time where, you know, you got to decide whether or not, oh, you know, I want to play for this guy or I want to win football games. And, yep. you know, I'm more on the side of winning football games. So Yeah, well, y'all, y'all heard it here, guys. The, the uh, Falcons fan venting about his feelings about this, uh, you know, this horrible, horrible start to the season for the Falcons. Uh, has definitely been a. I think my, I have some tears in my eyes, Sean. I really do because this is so depressing to hear that you have to talk about this again. Uh, you know, I will say my quick take on it. I think Dan Quinn is a is a great coach. I really do. Uh, but I think he's he, nothing but another Florida bum. That's all he is. <laughs> I think Dan Quinn is his defensive mind. He's known for that defensive mind, but it's not showing, right? <laughs> you look at the Falcons' defense; it is not there altogether, and even and obviously there, there's no not a lot of W's on that schedule right now. So, uh, you know, I think Dan Quinn would be wise if if something does happen to him at the end of the season if he's not with the Falcons anymore. He'd be a fantastic college coach. Move down, uh, you know, take a you'll still get a million dollar deal, I'm sure, with a big team and uh, and college football and. You know, just just sit back, relax, and take a breather from the professional game because it's not going so well for you right now, my man. So uh, our, our hearts and prayers are with you, Mr. Quinn. Uh, but you know, it's you it's know, not I going mean, I just can't well. wait. You know, because eventually he will get fired, and you know, I I would love nothing more than Dan Quinn go back down and be the defensive coordinator for the Florida Gators, <laughs> and see see Florida Twitterverse. Just absolutely, oh my God, we're getting an NFL head coach? Uh, listen, I'm happy with Graham. Uh, It'd be Grantham. third and, I think it's, everyone's it's happy not with third Grantham. and Grantham anymore, it's third and Quinn. No, no, we don't, <laughs> uh, let's, okay, we, let's move on. Quinn, we love you, man. I hope everything's okay, but you you need to step up your game for the Falcons, okay? That's all I gotta say. All right, Browns-Cowboys, we're gonna talk about this uh, three games. Browns-Cowboys, go ahead. Yeah, Browns Cowboys. You know this one. What's crazy to me is, and I was, we mean, Sean were kind of talking about it a little bit off the record, but uh, you look at the records. You see the Cowboys one and two. You see the Browns two and one. You're like, are the Browns better than the Cowboys? Just if you looked at a record basis. But if you look at who Cleveland's played, you know they have a win against the Cincinnati Bengals, and then they have a win against the Washington Football Team. So no offense, not very solid wins. I think they're going to kind of run into a lot more uh, adversity this week against uh, you know the, the Cowboys and their defense. Um, the Cowboys are favored, if I'm not mistaken, what four and a half. Uh, that that might be a little forgiving. I'll be honest. I think the Cowboys uh, have a lot more talent on that roster. I think uh, they're going to look to get uh, Zeke the ball a lot this week, as well as let Dak air it out to Omari and uh, you know Gallup and some other guys. I want to see C.D. Lamb have a really good uh, game this game. I'm, I, I'm very curious because Cleveland secondary isn't uh, you know the best, and I think it'd be really cool to see if C.D. can step up and do very well. So um, I think it's going to be a really good game. Uh, you know, I, if I, I'm not going to do my pick now, but I. Think think the keys is you know feed Zeke the ball if you're Cleveland make sure Baker protects the ball for you because there's sometimes he looks like a great quarterback and then there's other times where he just absolutely looks like an Oklahoma Sooners second string quarterback so we'll have to wait and see but I think it's gonna be a pretty good matchup yeah I I agree with about just everything that you just said so <laughs> Browns I mean you, you you said it perfectly fine I mean that that matchup is gonna go exactly how you said and what Baker needs to do. Um, big game, Baker. I mean, we got to see what he's going to do in this big game because relatively, both teams are two and one, and uh, you know, three and one's a whole lot better than two and two. So for sure. Anyways, uh, Patriots and Chiefs. Uh, this is interesting. Cam Newton's putting a little spark to the Patriots, sitting there at two mm-hmm. and one, and uh, you know, Mahomes and them coming off a big win against Baltimore, um, beating the beating them by two touchdowns, but. Ultimately, I mean, this is in the Chiefs' homeland. You know, they're going to have their fans there in Arrowhead. And 
Uh, I don't know what to expect here from Cam Newton. I think this is, you know, Cam Newton, this is his big moment for the season. You know, he already went and played Seattle, put up a good match. But uh, coming up against, you know, the defending MVP, uh, you know, this is going to be pretty Super Bowl MVP. But this yeah. is going to be pretty interesting. I'm excited to see uh, how the Patriots are going to be able to move the ball, and uh, especially on defense, how they react to the Chiefs' dynamic wide receivers and just ability to move the ball. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cam Cam Newton, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, I think he's very talented. I think he's done actually a very good job. He's actually exceeded my expectations a little bit, and, and I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it because I knew they would try to get him involved in a running aspect somehow, but I think Belichick's done a really good job of getting that implemented and what they need for that drive of the offense. When you have a guy like Tom Brady, you know, co- commanding the helm, uh, he's definitely, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. And so you have a guy like Cam come in, who's a completely different dynamic uh, for their offense. They've done a really good job adjusting to that. And I, and I think this will actually be a really good football game. I really do. I think New England's got a great defense to be able to hold Kansas City down for, for a little bit longer than you saw the Ravens do the other night. Um, and I think this could be a really good matchup. Um, you know, I know that the Chiefs are the seven-point favorite. Uh, I, it's it's hard. We're not going to do it now. I'm picking now. But I'll be honest, it's hard for me. It's conf- I want to take the Chiefs plus seven because you saw them just, you know, do- I don't want to say dominate, but they really they looked very good against the Ravens. And we know the Ravens have a pretty solid defense. So uh, I don't know, man. It's just going to come down to – uh, how Cam performs, and how the other guy we talked about, old Patty, how he does for their offense. So I think it's going to be a really good game. Yeah. Well, I'm not talking about the Falcons in this next game, but the next game is Atlanta and <laughs> Green Bay, so you can say whatever you want on it. Yeah, I guess Sean's already given up, guys, on his Falcons. But, uh, you know, in this game, uh, Matt Ryan needs to continue the trend of, you know, getting the ball to Calvin Ridley. I think Julio should be back this week, if I'm not mistaken. He might not. I haven't really checked on that injury update on that IR report. Uh, but, you know, I think with as long as the Falcons can get, you know, I think the big thing for me too, and I was thinking about this earlier, if I'm the Falcons, you need to utilize Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley more in the passing game. That's just me. Hayden Hurst had one reception for one touchdown last week, and that was literally it. I mean, nothing else. And I have him in my ESPN league, so I'm sitting there like he gave me eight points. Great, but he did nothing else after that. And then Todd Gurley, great running back. I mean, you saw his career with the Rams, and the injury still, you know, kind of – there for him, right? I mean, he's, it doesn't seem that he's ever been the same since that injury, but if they can implement Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley more in the passing game, I think they'd get a lot, have a lot of success. Uh, and if, if I'm the Packers, man, I continue that, that hot streak. You know, we, we, we like a hot Aaron Rodgers, as we discussed last week, and I think Aaron Rodgers is still looking lights out, and uh, it's hard to go against Aaron Rodgers, especially when they d- didn't even have Devontae Adams and for them to per, uh, perform at the level they did was very impressive. So we'll look, uh, we'll wait to see. But I think uh, th- this game could be a lot better than a lot more better than people may think, in my yeah. opinion. Falcons fan. So, all right. Well, now it's time to move on to segment three. We got our uh, Diesel's big board and our picks. We're doing pretty well. Looking forward to it. Let's do it. Segment three of episode four, we are here and everyone is excited. And as always, segment three, we've brought in our good friend, the Diesel. There he is. There he is. He's in the building. Another big week, baby. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we're excited. And, uh, you know, 
Me and Colton are doing pretty well with our uh, our against the spread records. We are both twelve and five. Yeah, I'm gonna start trailing you guys. I think I need to start working on the fantasy segment, and you uh, guys need to start working on the gambling segment. Uh, I don't know about that, man. I'm a uh, well, you know, I, I did teach work someone everything I, they know. So, <laughs> oh um, yeah, oh yeah. All right. Well, anyways, what do you got for us this week? Uh, what any trends or whatever happened last week and everything? Yeah, man. Uh, I think we'll work on a little big board recap. But first off, I wanted to start this week off by saying how happy I am that SEC football is on my television. Amen. I mean, it's what we've all been waiting for, and I am just ecstatic that I get to sit down on Saturdays and watch it finally. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, we were talking earlier about you know that uh, SEC theme song. You know, when it comes on, it just uh, it for me personally, you know, I want to find a couch and a TV as fast as possible. No doubt, and that that music is the hype music too. When you hear that two thirty, it's it's on, and it's Hi, on this week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get to hear my favorite commentator call my game this week. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Danielson. <laughs> yes, sir. For the record, everyone, Gary Danielson is. A pro Alabama supporter. Oh, this news. is very true. This is very oh, true. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Yo, Alabama fans swear up and down. You know, oh, he's, well, I mean, he if hates I was us. an Alabama fan, I would deny it myself, Sean. But you know, I am not, so it's easy to see when you're not an Alabama fan. But it's all good, man. It's all good. I'm outnumbered here, I guess. I'm outnumbered. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll move on into some uh, some gambling talk. You know, uh, as everyone knows, I run a Twitter page where I put out plays. For uh, my followers to to go and try to make themselves some money this year in football season, we're uh, we're ten and six overall in our plays on the page. Um, we're not as positive on the show actually. Been dropping some trash on the show, but we'll talk about that a little later. <laughs> I'm looking for a big recovery breakthrough week on the show this week. I'm the bear. The bear was not doing so hot on game day, and this man just dropped a three and zero this week. He was he was on Sean's Tigers to beat Kentucky, and they covered pretty handily. Sure did, yes, man. you know, as as I'll always like to say, um, good teams find a way to win football teams. Great teams find a way to cover the spread. Amen. <laughs> and uh, that brings me into my next point. We're going to recap next week's, or uh, excuse me, last week's big board. And uh, last week, we were we were actually hot on our teasers. Uh, we had won the first two or three we dropped on the show and won like four or five in a row on the page. And last week, we had a teaser we thought was absolute money in the bank, didn't we, Sean? Yes, yes, yes. We had Alabama covering 21 against Missouri, and we had Miami covering four against Florida State. Um, you know, obviously we were all all over that one. Yeah, I don't know sure. what Vegas was thinking about Miami. But uh, I know what I was thinking about Alabama, and, that, and I was thinking it was going to be a bloodbath. And that's exactly what we saw in the first half. Alabama up 25 points at halftime and can't find a way to cover 21 against Missouri. <laughs> So are you more and, mad at saving there, uh, Dan? Is that what I'm hearing, or yes. what's going on? What's going on? Well, essentially, yes. I mean, as as Sean said, good teams win, great teams cover. And if you can't cover being up 25 at half against Mizzou, I don't want to talk to you. That's, <laughs> it's sickening. I don't know if I've been this mad with Saban since 07. Dead oh, to me. goodness Dead gracious. to me, dead to me, dead to me. But, yeah, like we said, we're 10-6. and six. You know, we've had a few rough plays. Fitz Magic backdooring us. App State winning but not covering. <laughs> The Saban backdoor. We, I mean, we could easily be thirteen and three, so some twelve and four somewhere in there. But that's not that's not what this game's about. I'd also like to point out that we were covering in this game until you know the last play of the game, when you got uh, Missouri's head coach running down the field, calling timeouts, down three and a half touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what are you doing? Yep. He has that earpiece with Vegas guys. That's what it is. 
He has that earpiece of the Vegas. They're saying, hey, man, we really need you. Well, that <laughs> we- brings us to our next point. <laughs> glad you said that. We'll be talking about the mob. Yes, sir. And uh, before we review the rest of the big board, I, you know, like we said, Bama got backdoored. But not only did Bama get backdoored, you take a look last week at Vegas's five largest liabilities. I won't name them all due to time constraints, but I'll name a few. I mean, UCF got backdoored. Oklahoma lost outright. These are huge point spreads that 80% of the money's on, and four out of the top five liabilities for Vegas don't cover. I mean, it's magical. It's amazing. How do they do it? Making their money early this year, I guess. Yep. But uh, my favorite one of the week was actually not in college. If you had a look at the total on the Chiefs and the Ravens game, came out at about 53. Everyone in America screaming over, 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 over. Chiefs and the Ravens, oh, easy over. 81% of the public money on the Chiefs and the Ravens going over. This game had 54 points scored mm. with nine minutes remaining in the game. Nine minutes remaining. Mm. Didn't cover the 54 and a half. And they don't cover the 54 and a half, 55 that the line had got to, <laughs> you know, by kickoff that the majority of the betters were on since it was being driven upwards. So, Goodness gracious. I was actually on the good side of this one for a change. Uh, I took the under, just knowing what the mob does, you know. <laughs> They're at work, it sounds the like, The mob guys. is real, folks. I mean, this is not, not a game. <laughs> they are literally in – look it up. Go online. Go Look up anything. The mob ties are strong in professional sports mainly, but they have trickled their way into college football because there are easily more to be paid off, oh, yeah. more people to be paid off. Oh yeah, it's it's incredible. If you want to argue with me about that, we can argue for hours. There's, there's, <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet, but it's coaches, referees, something. You know, there's a video surfacing. I don't know how many people have seen it, but Sean Payton handing something out of his back pocket. I to a saw rep. it. I saw what it. What is going I, on? You know what I think though in that video. What are you, you, you look, what, what what are you handing the ref there that's in your back pocket? Your re, your challenge flag. He it was a challenge flag from what I thought it was. If you watch the video closely, that goes on the field. It. But maybe I'm wrong. It looked like a challenge. I don't know. Flag. I don't. I've never seen a challenge flag get thrown in the middle of a play, <laughs> where there's a timeout being called and the refs on the sideline with a head coach. I've never seen that before. But anyways, you know enough about the mob. You know. Oh yeah. But it, uh, it's definitely true. Fade the public and make yourself some money. <laughs> well, anyways, we can go ahead and uh, get into uh, your first big board of this week. Yeah, man. I I was gonna go ahead and mention that last week the other two plays on the big board. You know, I said. You know, before I dropped them, I said we had one we were super confident about and one we weren't so sure about. And our super confident play, the Broncos minus six and a half. That I mean, uh, excuse me, the Buccaneers minus six and a half over the Broncos. That was a pretty easy play. Brady handled business, and uh, he got that big Twitter video we were talking about. But uh, the play we lost, we took the Cardinals to beat the Lions last week. Didn't happen. As I said, 0-2 teams in the NFL always have a good week three. That was a rough pick, and uh, yeah, I'm going to be fading the Cardinals this week, but I'm looking for them to give me the nice gift of beating the Panthers by about 40 this week when I don't bet them. <laughs> it could happen for our track record. It could happen, Dane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, no, we're looking to, we're looking to get greasy on the big board this week. I got some good plays. Um, got another great teaser of the week for you guys, and uh, let's get started with that. Let's do it. I'm ready. So, this teaser is going to be a six-and-a-half-point teaser. And, yes, after Nick Saban ruined my life last weekend, I'm going back to the well. <laughs> we're, on, we're on Alabama and A&M, but this time we're not on a side. We're on the over. In this one, the over-under is out at 51-and-a-half. We're going to tease it down with the six-and-a-half points to 45. Um, 
This is a game I see going over pretty easily. This is a game I see Alabama could probably cover the total themselves if the offense is playing well. As everyone saw last week, Mizzou and Alabama put up 57 points. I mean, and you're telling me Kellen Mond and Mac Jones can't get me 45. That's a line I just have to lay. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to take Oklahoma as well. They're, uh, they're a seven-point favorite over Iowa State. I think the, uh, the, I think the bookmakers are – undervaluing Oklahoma a little bit after what they saw last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw them make some sloppy turnovers and just, you know, look past the team they were favored by 28 over. I think Kansas State might be better than Iowa State. I'm not buying into the hype. So that, <laughs> I love it. That teaser is going to get Oklahoma down to essentially a pick them at one and a half points. I, I see them having a good bounce back week. I don't think Lincoln Riley is going to let his team go out there and be one and two after this week. I just don't mm-hmm. see it. No way. So we're going to play that teaser. And uh, we're going to hope that one gets us to the window. And um, also in college, we were talking about the over. We're going to play the over in the Bama game as well, the over 51, over 51 and a half. You know, like I said, this game goes over like clockwork uh, last season. You know, a lot, of, a lot of returners on both teams, you know, several. Last year, they, they scored 47 and 20. That's an easy over. I'm not expecting much different this year. I think that game's going to be a lot of points. My prediction's about 45 to 20, Alabama. I don't know what y'all are thinking, but 45, 51, any of it sounds a little too low to me on this game. All right, you got anything else for the uh, the NFL or something like that? Oh, yeah, we got a little NFL play for you guys, and uh, this one is a fun one because, as uh, Sean knows, I've been writing down the Seahawks on my big board for the last two weeks and changing my mind at the last second. And... Uh, it's time to stop fading, uh, <laughs> Big Pete, and uh, the let Russ cook era. There we go. Right <laughs> I love it. Russell Wilson is absolutely cooking. And, uh, you know, I've said it before on the show that I don't like to take teams that are traveling from out west to the east coast for noon games. Um, but in this case, I looked at uh, Pete Carroll. In his last 20 games heading to the east coast for a noon kick, he's 13-7 and seven against the spread. Wow. Um the Seahawks and the Dolphins both having no problem covering spreads this year, so it's really an interesting matchup. There might be a little weather, but to me, the Seahawks are just too good, man. I mean, they get the 35 points that you think they get in that game. I think they cover a touchdown against Fitzpatrick and the mm-hmm. Dolphins. Mm-hmm. It's, I agree. Uh, this one's kind of just one of those make them beat me bets. I mean, you know, we've been fading the Seahawks for two weeks, and with the uh, Pats game and the Dallas game, they cover both of those with ease. So I'm just going to lay it, and uh, we're going to hope Pete Carroll and the boys get it done. I, I see I that like happening. It. I see that happening, too. I'll be honest with you. I think Pete Carroll, I think they're going to come out and do pretty good. So I, I can see the boys get it done. I really do. All right. So we uh, should we pick games, or is there more to the uh, extended big board this week? I like it. Y'all get it on, man. If, uh, Love it. You know, if y'all want to get uh, spicy on the big board this week and throw a little uh, teaser in on the NFL plays, you could tease the Seahawks down to about a pick them. And then you could tease the over on the Falcons and the Packers because I'm expecting points, points, points. Yes, I am <laughs> expecting points in that game as well, my man. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I really do. All right, All right Dub. Let's, uh, let's pick some uh, college football let me, games. Let me go spread. ahead and start off by saying I know for a fact after this week I will be finishing higher than Sean in our pick records. I will go ahead and put that in. I will, I will clock it in. I want everyone to know that we will not be tied at the end of this week. I just want everybody to know that. I will be in the lead. Okay, Sean? All right. Deal? Yep. And, every, and everyone on the planet, that wherever you were just at, they know that uh, you're wrong. <laughs> planet Earth is what I'm talking about, Sean. So, 
All right, well, well tell see. me who's going to win this Oklahoma-Iowa State game. Who's yeah, gonna, you know, who's covering to the me, so, yeah, <laughs> to me, you know, you can't, Spencer Rattler, right, look, looking a little rough, showing his young QB tendencies, turning over the ball a lot uh, in that game. Uh, to me, though, at points, the passing game did look really good. Uh, the running game needs a lot of work, in my opinion, uh, and we had already discussed that a little bit earlier. Uh, but, man, I'll be honest, I'm going to take Oklahoma here as the favorite. I think they cover. Uh, I think Iowa State is a very good football team, uh, but I, I think the the seniors are going to bounce back. I agree with what Dane, his assessment as well. Uh, Lincoln Riley, it's going to be tough to see him going uh, two back-to-back losses. It has not happened, and it's going to be very uh, interesting to see how they adjust this week. So I'm going to go with the Oklahoma Sooners. Yep, I'm going with Oklahoma minus seven as well. If this line was at uh, ten and a half, I'd probably still take it. Yeah, I believe it I actually agree. dropped around that, which is insane if you look at it. It's crazy. It dropped around? Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Wow. Yeah, people are actually hammering the other side. So. Okay. Well, wow. um, now it's uh, Texas A&M and Alabama is going to be our second pick. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, I have a loss. I lost a lot of faith in Saban this past weekend. Um there's a point in time to call off the dogs, and I understand. But, I mean, it's the first game of the year. Let your guys in there. Let them play. Get the job done. Win by 50 points. Do I mean, it doesn't matter. But uh, this week, I think the dogs stay on the field for the third and fourth quarter of this game. <laughs> So I'm going to take the Tide, uh, minus 17 against the Aggies. I like that. Well, that's a great pick. Uh, you know, I made this pledge that me and Sean would have different records, but we're already two for two here because that's also going to be my pick. I think that uh, the Crimson Tide, you know, we saw what happened last week. Uh, but I'll be honest, you know, Mond looked very – it was very shaky against Vandy. Uh, I do think they can come out and play at a higher level because every team does when they go face the Crimson Tide, right? They know who they're up against, so they're going to try to have the best week they can. And the Aggies could do that. I know Jimbo will have them ready, but uh, I think that the, there's too much talent on the other side of the ball. And I do think when it comes to Saban versus Fisher, the maybe not necessarily the egos going at each other, but I think Saban's going to knock – like like Sean and Dane's words, uh, I wouldn't necessarily use the dogs as a – as a reference, but I don't think the dogs would be called off either. I think it's they're going to play more a more full game. So I also have the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide at uh, a 17 as well. So yeah, you definitely won't be seeing Bryce in the uh, third quarter of this game. Uh, no Saban's going to have his boys ready to play this one. What you usually see in this game is A uh, and M's usually about four and zero. They're usually hollering, "Oh, we're a top ten team." And then you see Bama put them off the field by about four touchdowns. <laughs> And then yeah. next thing you know, you look up and A&M's, you know, eight and four, nine and three. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are like that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> what teams are those, Sean? Please, please enlighten me. I don't me. know. <laughs> please National enlighten A&M me. Day, 9, September 4th. Uh. Yeah. National <laughs> Auburn Day, August 5th. Uh, all right. Well, now you get to pick this next one. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, we got we got Auburn Sean's Georgia, Georgia Auburn minus seven. Tigers, and we got the Georgia Bulldogs minus seven favorite. Uh, I'll be honest with you. If I was picking this game two weeks ago, uh, I guess I should really just say a week ago uh, when we did our last episode, I would have I, I would be feeling Georgia in this game. But I'll be honest with you. Um, that young quarterback did not look great. Uh, their offense looked absolutely horrendous against an Arkansas defense that is not very good. Um, and they have a – I know – and I'll be honest. I know Kirby is sitting in his chair this week, and he's doing everything he can to get something going on offense, right? Because I'll be honest, Georgia's secondary looked great. Uh, but to me, I don't see their offense doing so much to where they can win outright over seven. 
Uh, I'll be honest. I'm going to pick the Auburn Tigers to win this game outright and cover. I, I, I mean, I really I think it's going to happen. I don't know why. I just do. I had that hunch. Uh, I liked how, you know, but I, I've not been sold on Bo Nix as of yet, but he did look really a lot better uh, in his first game to me, especially that pass we talked about earlier to Stove. And, man, I'm going I'm to take the Tigers in this one. I really am. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Folks, this is very simple. That kid at Georgia, Stetson Bennett, is more than likely going to start this game. Yes, he is. Okay. You have Bo Nix on the other side. A veteran now, you know? He doesn't have the true freshman label anymore. Sell everything you don't use. Put your money on Auburn Moneyline. I don't give a <laughs> damn about the spread. I don't need the points. Auburn is going to win this game. With Bo Nix, Seth Williams, and my boy Tank Bigsby having a breakout game, and ultimately, you know, Georgia's not going to be Georgia's going to have to run the football well, very, very well to win this game. I just don't see them doing it because they're not going to throw on Auburn's uh, very experienced secondary. So, give me the Tigers uh, outright. I don't care about a spread. Yeah, hot takes. I'm with it. I'm with it, man. I mean, Georgia's very good. I, I, you know, the outright pick is a little risky for me as well. But I, I do see Auburn winning this game. I really do. What so. do we, what do we, what do we used to tell the bookies? Tell your bookie to keep the points. We don't need them. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm glad Sean's confident in that one. There's too many questions around the Auburn Georgia game for me. I, I, that one's my fade game of the week on y'all's slate. I couldn't. I couldn't touch this game with a 10-foot pole. That is a wise decision, Dane. We have not seen enough yet. That's why it's so tough. Maybe the under. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to move into our NFL picks now. It's going to be uh, Browns at Cowboys. And I get to go first here. So, you know, after looking, Dane corrected me after uh, earlier in the episode. The Cowboys are 1-2, and two, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know... Jerry Jones doesn't take things lightly if you get off to a one and three start. So uh, uh, I'm taking the Cowboys at home here in Arlington against a Browns team that has has two very low quality wins at uh, minus four and a half. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I think in uh, Jerry World, uh, if it goes one and three, a lot of people are going to be a little, holding on to their jobs a little bit. They're going to be a little scared. So I think the Browns, you know, coming off it, they're a two and one record. It may look good, right, if you look at the numbers, but if you look who they played. They've got a, a win against Cincinnati and a win against the Washington football team. Not very impressed by those wins myself. Uh, and I think the Cowboys, you know, really truthfully, they could be 0-3 right now if you count that that uh, onside kick against the Falcons. You know, we, 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 we won't go into that for Sean's sake. But uh, I'm also as well going to take uh, the Cowboys as a favorite here. I think they're the, they're the better pick, and I think they're going to come out and beat uh, the Browns. Not necessarily handily, but they'll beat them by more than a touch uh, by a touchdown at least. So. Yeah, I like to say if uh, if you want a good Sunday afternoon workout, go throw yourself a bet in on the Dallas Cowboys, and you'll get all the sweat you need. <laughs> that is true, and you're not wrong about that one, my man. Cowboys do average thirty at home. They did last year in 2019, so they they should put up points. So, Colton, do you want to just keep following my uh, well, assessments? Well, you say following, but as I recall, we are doing. Uh, well, you get to go first here. Patriots at Chiefs. Chiefs, a uh, seven point favorite. So Patriots Chiefs, I, you know what this game, uh, 
to me, it, it's very tough. I really, I will, really will say that. I think Cam, I talked about earlier, Bill Belichick doing a great job kind of getting that new dynamic with Cam. You know, you have a guy like Tom Brady in that offensive system for such a long time. Uh, to implement Cam the way they have has been very impressive to me. I'll be honest with you, I did not have that much faith in Cam Newton to start the season. I thought he'd have a good season, but I didn't think uh, his rushing attack would be as dangerous as it has been to this point. Uh, but it's the Chiefs, guys. I mean, it's the Chiefs 7. Uh, I know it's a Patriots defense that is very, very good. Um, it, it's it's tough. It really is. I, I've been sitting here thinking about this day, and I really don't know if I can take the Chiefs by a touchdown, but I, I, I can't. You know what I mean? I can do either. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take the favorite. I'm going to take the Chiefs to beat the Patriots by a touchdown. I think they're that good, uh, especially seeing how they performed against the Ravens last week in prime yeah. time. So I'm going to go That's with the Chiefs. a pretty long limb you went out on, I guess. You know, taking the Super Bowl champs. The team touchdown favorite long, against a team that lost their franchise quarterback. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yes, the Chiefs, I mean, <laughs> Lamar Jackson got shut down by him. Cam Newton is no Lamar Jackson when it comes to the running the ball. So, um, in true. my eyes, uh, Chiefs win this game easily by uh, seven points. All right, yeah, you, it's a safer pick, I'll be honest. You're right. I guess it's not that long of a win, is yes. it? Uh, you got anything about that game? You <laughs> No, that's that's my NFL fave game of the week. I mean, I'd love to take the Chiefs here, but they they worry me the way they showed up against the Chargers. That game, if they show up like that again, they could get beat. I mean, the Chiefs are not unbeatable. They went twelve and four last year. That's losing twenty five percent of their games. Yeah. All right, Colton. Um, it is technically my turn. So, but I actually want to give the reins to you to pick this game. Oh, and we and we have a reason, yes. right? Green so, Bay minus oh, seven and a half. And so we all know uh, the reason he's giving me the reins. There's two reasons why. One, it's because it's the Falcons, and Sean's already given up on his Falcons, guys. So we already know this. Second, we have our first guest picker on the fly here uh, with me, visiting me in Orlando. Uh, Ali Shelton is going to make her pick on this game, and what she picks is who I'm going to end up going with. I'll be honest, I really hope it's not Atlanta. <laughs> but this game, we got Atlanta at Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's favored by 7.5. Allie, tell us, so why, who, who are you picking and why? I am picking the Green Bay Packers. Okay, and why? Because, <laughs> because Harry Styles has a Green Bay Packers tattoo. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Because Harry Styles has a Green Bay tattoo, they are going to win this game by double digits. There you have it. So that's our first guest pick of the uh, year right there, guys. So that's also going to be my pick this week. <laughs> All right. Um, I tell you what. Allie, that's a good pick. No, that's a, that's a really good pick. But you know what Harry Styles doesn't have? Uh, what's that? An Atlanta Falcons ass tat. So I'm taking the Falcons <laughs> plus seven and a half. You're not beating them by more than a touchdown. I'm sorry. Falcons are a team of heartbreak. And you know what? Uh, it's not very heartbreaking to lose a game that by two touchdowns that you've been losing the entire game. So I can imagine this one being very close and the uh, the Packers uh, scoring and eventually covering. Not putting – they're probably going to put themselves up a touchdown, but seven and a half, no thank you. I love it. I love it. I think I, I think Allie had the great had the the better pick there. I mean, her reasoning was pretty solid. I would have to say, guys. No so I'm I'm a I'm a stick that with that. That was a great analysis. But uh, you know, I know Sean's going to be geared up for this game with his uh, Dan Quinn jersey, sitting front and center, ready to roll. 
Daddy, Daddy Dan Quinn, right, yep. Sean? <laughs> Former Florida product. I know. I, I knew all along. Oh. I, I know who to blame. I know who to blame now. So. Sean, guys, I, I just want y'all to know. I hope people are taking notes to how many times Sean will throw shade at any Florida. I mean, it's just jealousy at this point, right, guys? I mean, are you hearing this? It's always Florida this, Florida that. Yeah, I'm very jealous. When's the last said, time guys, you won a national championship? I, I, well, you know what? You know what? I will say it's been after the Auburn Tigers have. But guys, I will remember. I don't know if I've told you guys this story. I think Sean still has nightmares about Ben Hill Griffin Stadium last year when he comes down and visits me in Gainesville. Uh, the Auburn Tigers are getting their their dicks beat in by the the Florida Gators. I hate sunshine pumping, mother. Sunshine pumping, whatever you want to call it. I just watched Sean walk away, all of the Florida student section waving by to Sean Maddox. I think Sean is still a little salty, guys. Yeah, That's all, all I'm saying say. is it's not the, the, the crowd and everything is not as scary as people make it seem. I mean, I could sit there and I could talk to my four-year-old cousin if I wanted to without having to lean down and say, say what? You know, it, it wasn't that loud. But, uh, you know, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. I, I I think it was a great one, guys. What yeah, do you think? I definitely agree. Um, everyone, you know, go follow us on Twitter at uh, uh, Hot Gridiron, Hot Takes on the Gridiron, and uh, follow Dane at uh, Diesel's Locks with a D. And a Z. And a Z. Any last words for you, sir? And a Z. <laughs> no, man. Appreciate you guys and hope everybody makes some money this week. Yep. Yes, sir. War Eagle. Yep. Hey, go Gators, guys. Thanks for joining us. Takes on the gridiron with Big Sean and Seawall.